Welcome back, everybody. It's Terror and Tacos. I'm Christy. I'm Michael. They laugh at us. We're hilarious. We're so hilarious. And everybody's like so happy that we're back <laughs> recording this episode. Okay, how do I stop? All right. So, how are you, Michael? I'm good. How are you doing? You're did working. We, did we take a break? I kind We of, did. We took a week off. Yeah, I don't know how to... Yeah, you're right. I've been really busy, so I'm kind of... I have... I have weird, I have show brain. Yes. We're going to talk about something <laughs> called mommy brain. Mommy brain. This week, but we're not going to talk about that yet. But I you do, do have show brain. I do actually have show brain. I have been doing, I haven't done this in years, but I'm the one person costume wardrobe team for a 10 person musical. Traveling outdoor Traveling musical. Out, outdoor musical. In a so Texas it, summer. <laughs> yeah. So all the costumes get real sweaty every single night. And I'm, I'm not complaining. It's work, but I am complaining a little bit because it's disgusting work. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so I'm, I'm a little bit befuddled, but I'm not befuddled enough to not recognize two movies that we should talk about. Yeah, brand new movies. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I was kind of like, I mean, literally brand new. I mean, one of them, mm-hmm. y- you had to do the little early access on Amazon. To right. Get, right. Totally worth it. Oh, absolutely. And then the other one just dropped, just dropped on, on Hulu. Hulu. Before so. we talk about them though, have you had tacos? I have not nearly as exciting as your tacos. Mm. I <laughs> late last night, I was watching the uh, United States Olympic trials for track and field. Oh, female. Uh, or both. Male? Uh-huh. both. Uh, and as I watched these incredibly, how about that Shakiri? Oh my god, y'all! Holy shit! And just like these human, fuck, per- perfect humans. Yes, I was like, I'm gonna order a bunch of late night tacos in case. <laughs> so fuck it. So I got Chipotle sort of like late at night. Because what are you gonna do? There's nothing I can do. Yeah, what are you gonna do when Shakiri Richardson's like running? Yeah, and there's nothing you, there's can, nothing do. you can do. So just just enjoy Eat your some life. Tacos. Eat some tacos. So my late night options where we are for delivery are. are Limited, so uh-huh. I got Chipotle, and I'll be honest, man, it was good. It's good. Chipotle's good in a pinch. Yeah. We've got one down the street, you know, and sometimes when I want lime rice, whatever that means. Right, sure. Um, <laughs> that's where I go. Yeah. And it's so it, delicious. But you- I man, made a huge discovery because, okay, so this is kind of like a short story, but also a long story. I'll try to be brief, but not really. I really love, of all of the, the chains mm-hmm. of Tex-Mex food that- that are not necessarily like mom and pop, right? Right. I love Chewy's the best. Me too. And, you know, Chewy's can be a little bougie and can be sure. a little bit like, you know, pandering to a certain demographic. Uh-huh. But I don't care because it's delicious. Yeah. And their nachos and ponchos are the best in town. So, you know, pre-pandemic, if I wanted ponchos, for those of you who don't know, Panchos are specialty nachos. So like in reality, a nacho is a tortilla chip with just cheese and beans, right? A pancho has meat on it and that's the difference, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I love their nachos and panchos. And when we went into the pandemic mode, they stopped serving ponchos for some reason like they had oh really yeah they did a reduced menu sure like a lot of places like a I lot guess. of places and so I couldn't get Chewy's ponchos 
for a whole year, y'all. Y'all, come on. So I had to find him somewhere else. And I went to Calle 12, which is great. Mm-hmm. I love Calle 12 right around the corner here yeah. on Skillman. But the last time I got Calle 12, there was glass in my food. Holy shit. Yeah, man. It was like, <laughs> like a dish broke or something. And like that's had never happened before. So I don't want to talk shade about Calle 12 right. because their food is but delicious. But it'll kind of put you off. But it kind of put me off sure. of Calle 12 for a little bit. And then, honestly, I tried Matt's Rancho Martinez. Yeah. I'm not a fan. Nor am I, I have to say, Nor I am. am I. I'm. I'm not a fan. I've had nothing but bad experiences. Yeah, there. and and like the, it was just literally like stadium cheese. Yeah, and I'm like, yes. if I mean, and that has its place. Yeah, the fair or a high school football game. Sure, but not when I order specialty. And nachos. when you pay a legit amount of money. Uh, exactly. You know? And so I said, I'm going to try Chewy's. Last night I got home and I was like, I really want ponchos. And I was like, let's see if Chewy's is open again to the world. Not only are they open again with a full menu, but they don't do Grubhub. They don't do any of that shit. They deliver their own food. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. And so it was an excellent experience. It was here super fast. It was, the food was still hot. John got the chicka, chicka, boom, boom enchiladas, which he loves. And also when they send you chips and salsa, they also send you some of that jalapeno ranch. Which is so good jalapeno ranch is a game changer yeah it, it's it uh, man i love chewies and like we don't get there well pandemic was its whole thing but it's like it's not necessarily right around the corner for no. us like it's a commitment you have to deal with uptown yeah which is its own fucking nightmare yeah i mean um, this, so thankfully they're closer to us yeah. than they are to you but 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 this delivery option, that that's a whole, Dude, that's a game changer. A game changer. I texted you last night and I was yeah. like, by the way, Chewy's is delivering. Yeah, it's and my, you were like, oh shit. It's like my favorite queso. I Their, their they're, chicken chimichanga is incredible. Everything like, is, everything there yeah. is good. And like, let's not pretend that it's, I mean, it's Tex-Mex food. It's really good chain Tex-Mex food, yeah. but it's good. I love it. Yeah. I feel like it's on a different level than mm-hmm. most uh larger chain and they deliver yeah and they deliver um so order from chewy order from chewy's uh so we knocked out two brand new films uh-huh. 2021 yeah um one is seance which i really like i did too i super enjoyed and one which is i think probably a bigger movie or at mm-hmm. least getting more buzz or press or whatever uh-huh. uh because it's a bigger budget film yeah is false positive right everyone including you like texted me about this yeah. movie i think because they know my love of rosemary's baby yes and this is we'll get into it but right. like kind of lives in in, in that, that world. world yeah so you want to talk about seance first yeah, it's super straightforward. I think it'll be a, an easier yeah. dive. I mean, I think <clears throat> that False Positive is bigger budget, but not, I couldn't find a budget. So, like, no, I couldn't either. I'm just assuming based on like who's in it. Right. And who <laughs> the DP is. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and yeah. And that they're like on the, sh- like, that's shooting in New York and all Right. Those right. Right. But Seance is, um, it's kind of, it, you know, it's, I, I, I should have done more research on it, but I really liked it. I watched it two times. Um, it's a, takes place at a girl's school, mm-hmm. girls boarding, boarding school. school. Um, f- the first scare is really good. That's what yeah. takes us into five. What is it? Five girls. You know, it's like, it's the typical like mean girl click at a boarding school yeah. playing a trick on, on one of the girls uh-huh. and then 
tragedy happens. Tragedy happens. And that's our inciting incident yeah. that starts our story. And so it's it's written and directed by Simon Barrett, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the star is Sookie Waterhouse. Uh-huh. I love that name. Me too. And I I honestly didn't know it was like a real name. I didn't know I it had was only a real heard name. it on um, True Blood or whatever. It's a real name in England. Yeah. 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 Uh, also, I loved that. Uh, okay. So Sookie Waterhouse, after this tragedy, we kind of flash forward, right? Right. She's a new student at the school. <sighs> and I kind of love that, like, Suki Waterhouse is British, and uh, she just gets to be British. Yeah, they just let her be British. No one gives a shit. I thought about that when I was watching this movie. I thought, this will make Michael happy. Yeah, and, like, she's like, well, I grew up in such and such. Like, great, because British people live in America. It's, it's not they that, do. It's really not you know, that crazy. And you, you'll be amazed to find out that a lot of British people live in Florida. Yeah. There you, so, so, whatever. Hey, because... They- they don't see the sun. Right. <laughs> exactly. So they like Orlando a yeah. lot for some reason. So uh, Suki Waterhouse, uh, that really is a great name. Mm-hmm. Um, she she is, and it's, it's, it's odd. You know something's a little weird. Right. Because she is joining this school at the... It, near the end of her senior year, right? Yeah, it's, it's odd because it's even like in the middle of the... Semester. Semester. Yeah. yeah. So you're like, okay, this is this is strange. strange. Yeah. But obviously, if you get this school on mm-hmm. your transcript or whatever. Right. You, you can, can write your you own can, ticket. Yeah, exactly. Whatever. Sure. Why not? Mm-hmm. Rich people. Um, Edelweiss. Edelweiss Academy. Yes. Edel, Edelweiss? Or Edelwein, I think. Edelwein. Yeah. Edelwein, sorry. But there's like, so the whole thing is that there's like an Edelwein ghost. Yes. And it's very much like a Bloody Mary, Bloody mm-hmm. Mary, Bloody Mary. You say it in if the mirror. You, go to that, you say it in the mirror, you say Edelwein ghost, please appear. And the Edelwein ghost is supposed to appear. And sure. so that's what happens in the first scene is that all the girls are in the bathroom or these senior girls, right? Yeah, this yeah, yeah, click. yeah, this click. And uh, one of the girls gets really scared and she's like, don't do it. And she runs. She runs off when mm-hmm. the Edelwein ghost appears. Right. Uh, however, we learn later that it's not the Edelwein ghost. Right. Um, and then she goes to her dorm room, and something terrible happens. Yeah, and so and she dies because she's dead. Right. A spot, and there's a spot a open. Spot is opened up. <laughs> a spot is opened up at the school, and that's where Suki Waterhouse comes in. Comes in, and so this school. Man, this fucking school, like, you better be a ballerina. Right. And, like, know everything about theater, but also science. Right, right. <laughs> not just, and it's, like, not even just theater. Like, no theater. Yeah, I mean, that lecture was I, pretty much my lecture on no theater that I teach in college. I right, was like, oh, right. shit, all right. right. She was also super young. I was like, she's the theater teacher? Okay. Yeah, right. How'd she get that job? Um, so, we meet, th- th- this is sort of what I love about this movie. It, it to me plays on purposefully yeah several sort of like classic nine late 80s 90s horror tropes right right? like that's what it's doing beautiful group of girls Uh who are also mean who are also mean playing tricks on each other yeah stylized slick like to me there's a Mm -hmm. um a slickness in 90s horror yeah that didn't exist in in 80s horror absolutely purposefully right yeah i think so i mean wes uh craven um i mean wes craven purposefully worked with kevin williamson who wrote like 
CW or WB right, shows. Right. Like that was it has that look of like the, the WB. Creek. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah, Dawson's Creek and, like and that Party of Five. Party of Five. Sure. So that yeah. was the thing. And so it we got all girls school pranks. There's a ghost, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um they're mean to each other. Right. And, and it kind of like lives in that world, which I love. I love it too. It's that whole kind of like cruel intentions world. Yes. Um, last night when I was watching it again, John hadn't seen it the first time. And I said, Hey, do you want to watch seance with me? You're, I said, I said, I think you're going to like it. Um, and so we were watching it and I started noticing him get like really agitated. And I was like, what's wrong? And he goes, I'm just getting mad at these girls. I'm getting real pissed. They're so mean. They really are. Yeah. And then we got to the part where Suki Waterhouse like punches one, of punches one of them. <laughs> and he literally was like, can you rewind that part, please? Because I want to see it again. There's a great girl fight. Absolutely. Like almost right off the bat. Right off the bat. You know, they're very much like, who's this new girl? Right. And then there's one kind of like awkward-ish, not popular girl. Bethany. Bethany. Are we talking about Bethany? No, no. The, Helena. Hel- who, yeah, Helena. Who, who befriends Suki. Yeah. yeah. And so you're like, oh, this is the one... Mm-hmm. nice girl or whatever. Um, they fight, they get detention because also, of course, this place has like a stern yeah. headmistress or right. whatever. But I really liked that. I liked I that. Too. Like the fight happens right off the bat and then we have an actual reason for them to go do this research, right? Yes. Because they get into a fight uh-huh. and of course, like, Every, any kid would. They don't. The, Suki Waterhouse doesn't snitch. No. She's like, I'm not going to snitch. It's a misunderstanding, whatever, whatever. And the headmistress is like, okay, so I'm going to have to pa- punish all of you. Mm-hmm. And your punishment is, <laughs> I thought this was so funny. Like, I couldn't help. <laughs> your punishment is, is that we're trying to like put the library and all our documents online uh-huh. and searchable. So you all have to like scan the entire, <laughs> the library. entire library. And I like, I can't help thinking no wonder kids don't like going to the library because like, if that's a pun, like, right. Why are you making going to the library a, a punishment, punishment? Right. That's, that's just almost a bad precedent. It's a bad precedent anyway. But for our story, it works because yeah. it pushes them together uh-huh. as a team in the library, in the place where they can do research, right? Yeah. It's not like something that just, hey, let's all go to the library let's together like, right. and you have to invent like some crazy reason. Yeah. It it works. And then it also sort of like, not, it doesn't completely lean into it. It's not a try, but it's also like, okay, and now we also have a breakfast club right. vibe, right? Exactly. These kids, uh, some of them are friends, so that's the difference. But like, they're stuck in fucking detention, right? Essentially in perpetuity because there's no way they're scanning all of those books. No, they're, they're not going to get finished by Christmas break. <laughs> like, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen, y'all. Um, and so, okay, that's where sort of the title comes in, right? Mm-hmm. Seance, right? Because there's already the Edelwein ghost, uh-huh. and then they're f- okay. So I guess we should. Spoilers. spoilers. Yeah, spoilers. these are brand new movies, so, but spoilers. Right. Yeah. So like the in that opening scene, Carrie is her name. They're all trying to play a trick on Carrie. And Carrie gets really scared. Uh-huh. And she's like, don't call on the Edelwein ghost. And so then they play a trick on her. Yeah. And she runs out of the bathroom, goes to her room where something else happens. And they hear a scream yeah. in the bathroom. They go to her room. And they find her 
dead. Yeah. Outside her, like at the bottom, outside her window. Right. Right. So there are questions now of like, oh, I think I did a good job of not completely spoiling yeah. it. She dies. I'm not spoiling anything. Right. She dies. Um, and so that's what sets them on this yeah. adventure. And so when they're in the library, they're like talking about, again, the, the mean girls are, are setting up a prank, mm-hmm. right? Right. And Let's Suki, do a seance. And Suki Waterhouse. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to call her Suki Waterhouse. Yeah. She a great clocks name. it. Of course. And she goes to Helena, the nice girl, the, other the girl. friend. Uh-huh. And she's like, look, there's someone in in the corner, they're going to jump out. They're going to try to scare us. Just play it cool. Right. And so they start doing, they basically have like a, they, they don't have a Ouija board. So they create, they do a makeshift Ouija board, which I thought was really I thought clever. Was very like clever. With a composition book and then an iPhone case uh-huh. and a lipstick drilled through it, right? Drilled through it, through the little kind of like lens hole, yeah, which I thought was very I thought was clever. Really clever. Um, and so, as often happens in these cases, mm-hmm. Christy, they're playing a prank, but then maybe there's a real ghost. This is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, don't fuck with that shit. Come on, y'all. You know, and I'm a person that I'm really kind of like cynical about lots of things, including ghosts, even though like I can say, well, maybe that was a ghost experience. But also, I don't really believe in anything. But also, I'm like, why are you fucking with it? Yeah, just leave it alone, man. Just leave it alone. Leave it alone. Just leave it alone. Haven't you seen enough shit? <laughs> right. It's uh, how horror movies start. So this, they they do this prank. They're going to do this prank, but then it's clear like th- the prank has gone awry. Awry. And, uh-huh. and something has something happened. Something comes through. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then, I mean, honestly, people start dropping like flies. Yeah. And, and you have, um, so what I, I mean, this hits on, seance hits on a few things that I really love. Um, so I think maybe like I was the perfect demographic, mm-hmm. like the 90s stuff. I love it. It also mashes up, which I love, the supernatural horror and a classic slasher horror. Yes, exactly. And so I... I love the when those when those things come together and it works. I love it. Yeah, I just love it. It's really great because the for the whole movie you're you're trying to figure out is this a supernatural thriller right. or is this a killer or is a or is this a killer? Right. Is it both? Like I don't know. Yeah. And it does a really really good job of keeping you on the edge of your seat. Yeah. For the whole movie. And it's, I mean, it's, I, I know fun is a weird word when people are, when children are getting murdered. <laughs> Look, all those women are like 29 in real yeah, life. Don't worry about it's it. It's fun. Um, yeah, it's a fun movie. It's slick. It mo- It progresses. It's beautifully shot. Beautifully shot. And I thought, and I actually read the one thing to me that was like a fucking standout. Uh-huh. The way he, what is it? What is it? Simon Barrett. Uh-huh. Um, slowly builds the gore of this oh, film. Oh, yeah. I thought was genius. Right. Um, because when it starts, you're like... You don't actually see oh, anything. Oh, okay, yeah. great. I was like, this so that's... Which I am also fine with, uh-huh. right? Like, oh, I, I get what happened. Right. And that's scary and creepy and blah, blah, blah. But the way yeah. he kind of like doles out gore to where by the end you're like, oh, Whoa! Yeah, I think uh, if we're both talking about the same scene that we're talking about towards the end. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure we are. um, That particular one literally made John go, oh. Yeah. 
and I think part of it is one, the effect is great, but yeah. two, you, he doesn't hit you off the bat. Like nope. there's nothing in the beginning of the movie where you're like, oh crap, oh, right. this here is we go. Yeah. yeah. So I thought that was really smart. Yeah, that that one at the end is shocking and wonderful. Yeah, yeah. shocking and inevitable, inevitable. which um, is how they all should. Be. And I thought executed well. I thought she, um, Suki. Mm-hmm. Uh, is is sort of the perfect standoffish, somewhat aloof, tough right. girl. Um, y- you know, they all fit those parts. Like, it's, yeah. it's not, no one's playing fucking Hamlet. No. But like, it's, it's no. fine. It's pretty great. And yeah. I mean, you know, you and I are pretty good at calling movies, mm-hmm. you know, like f- five, ten minutes into a movie. We're pretty good at going like, okay, that's that person, yeah. that's that person. And it, I don't think I was ever able to, call this or was interested. I mean, the movie kept my attention so much so that I was like, I'm going to go along with it and I'm not going to try and get ahead of it. I don't even think that matters. That that matters. Yeah. Um, It's, it's, there, there's, it's, it's absolutely a, enjoyable. Yeah. It's very, to me, it was reminiscent of like, yeah, of those nineties movies, but also there, it was reminiscent of, uh, the original Black Christmas for some yes. reason. No, no, perfect. And I, I and think, I really enjoyed that. And that makes sense to me because I think a lot of those 90 movies are yeah. going back to Black Christmas. Yeah. And that is perfect because it's a sorority. Uh-huh. Some of them are kind of, you know, bitchy. bitchy. They're all 37. Um, <laughs> Keir DeLay is 52 years are old. Are you telling it? me that like <laughs> Olivia Hussey was not 21 when she made that movie? She is timeless. She will forever be hot. Um, so yeah, I thought I thought it did all those things, and like I thought the music was great. I thought every I just yeah. it was it was fun. Everything it was fun. everything was did really it really really fun. Change my life? Is it The Exorcist? No, but it's not no. trying to be. No, it's not trying to be. But it also does have. Um, it definitely in the relationships that these young ladies form with each other. Yeah, it does have a very modern, <clears throat> absolutely, um, or like twenty twenty one aesthetic. Yeah, and I mean, look, there's only one male in this movie, uh-huh. right? There's one guy. Is that isn't that yeah. right? Yeah, it's yeah, it's <clears throat> only one dude. So I mean, this is a, a heavily. This is about young women being in school. Yeah, like, yeah. it's really, really. I really like the way it was shot. Yeah. It was really beautiful. Super fun. The- Super fun. If you're a theater nerd, there's some theater. There's some nice theater references. Um, well acted. Yeah. Lots of like good gore. British person being British. Yeah. And you know, on the second, on the second watching, I, there were a few little things when Suki Waterhouse, Suki, Suki. I don't know why I did that. No, that name is deserves it. Yeah. But when she comes to the school and is, you know, starting to make her way, there are a few little things that happen that I'm like, Oh, of course. Like that whole thing with the, the, the lights in her room and whatever. Right, I'm right. like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes total sense. Yeah. As to why that would happen. Yeah. I saw, but, I um, thought there were, I thought it was clever, fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good scares. L- looks great. Good scares. Good gore. I, I don't know. I was a big fan of the yeah. music too. Me too. Um, so that's seance. Y'all go watch seance. It, it's really, really It's good. on Amazon and like, Hey man, it's, and it, the rental f- is six ninety nine. Yeah, but it's totally worth it. Absolutely. Yeah. And and uh, yeah, I, yeah, I like I like that it's it's a lower budget film, but like that made good. You yes. Know? Um. Cool. Okay. So all our, right. So our second film. Our se- so Let's yeah. Talk about ours. So the second movie is false positive, and so 
Um, uh, sorry. Can I say something? Sure. Can I say that I didn't hate it until I hated it? Yeah. And then then I really hated it. Dude, I, that is Aspen's response to a T. Yeah. (laughs) Like I could try, cause she watched it with me. She loves, so this is uh, co-written by Alana Glazer, Uh who's a creator of Broad City. And like Aspen and I are huge fans of Broad City and Alana Glazer. Right. Um, she's a very skilled, skilled comedian. Right. She um, is. And usually super skilled comedians make the best dramatic uh-huh. actors. Yeah. Usually. Usually. <laughs> and so Aspen was like, I'll absolutely watch this one. She likes Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. And, and she loves Alana Glazer. And like I could watch. She was like into it. Then she was like, huh? And then she was like, fuck all of this shit. Yeah, yeah, me too. I mean, okay, first of all, let me say that the DP, I'm, I can't pronounce his name, so I'm not going to try because I have so much respect for this dude. The DP is the guy who is the DP on Hereditary and Midsummer. Yeah, I He's mean. Ari Aster's DP. This. And the this movie. This is a legit fucking human being. The movie looks beautiful. There is one shot that legit blew my fucking mind. Yeah, there's a few for me. And I think that's where I was like lulled in because Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people, like I know a lot of people who are in the film industry who do not like like fade-ins and fade-outs for some reason. I love them. But they are used in this movie masterfully, visually, right? Um, the shot where, uh, and we'll get to the plot and all that in a second. Right. The shot where they hear something in the house. Oh my God. And Justin Thoreau just disappears into absolute blackness. I, I literally was just, just I like, gasped. I was like, how is, how is he do? How is he doing? I this? gasped, but didn't you feel it was a waste? Absolutely. <laughs> because then I started, I was like, okay, so what was the point of it? What was the point? point of that like that was such a waste and so here's the thing okay first let me say everybody who listens to this podcast knows that i am a huge rosemary's baby fan it is my favorite movie of all time Uh and so the whole movie i'm sitting there going rosemary's baby rosemary's baby and i did text you and i said that it pays homage to Rosemary's Baby in a lot of smart ways. Sure. It's not like over the I will say that I like this movie more than the fucking remake with Zoe Saldana. Oh, absolutely. I will watch the remake of Rosemary's Baby to throw shade, like right. to laugh and have fun and and be like, this is fucking bullshit, right? right? Because I love hating. Um, but this movie pays homage to Rosemary's Baby in a lot of good ways, but also, it's like a waste. Yeah. Do you know what? Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. So so the reason we're talking about Rosemary's Baby is like, it is obviously, without Rosemary's Baby, this film does not, does exist, not exist. Right? So Alana Glazer uh, is a, she's like, plays a super millennial mm-hmm. um, ad exec, right? Marketing right. exec. Mm-hmm. She and her husband- Justin, Justin Thoreau, Thoreau, who is a fucking surgeon. Right. Um, so there's like super rich New Yorkers. Uh-huh. Um, Which already makes me hate them. Yeah. And and I also <laughs> thought there was something going on with her that they didn't explore either. Like she- Well, there, you know, there's a lot of things going on that they don't explore. Yeah. Like, and that's the problem with this movie. Yes. Is that it, it, it tries to talk about 
lots of things and then doesn't and never goes deeply into any any of them. them. Yeah. And so, so they are, they badly want to want a kid and, and mm-hmm. they, uh, sh- for whatever reason, mm-hmm. reasons, cause it happens. Yeah. They, they can't have sh- any. Yeah. They can't have a kid. Justin Thoreau, luckily was taught at med school by the obscenely handsome Pierce Brosnan. Christy, it's not right. No, it isn't right. <laughs> this man, can we just like veer off yes, for two seconds and talk to. about what a fucking silver fox? Oh my P- God. It, it is not right. No, it's not fair. Tina Parker and I will randomly text each other pictures of Pierce Brosnan because that man is still so goddamn hot. It's un. Believable. And I'm telling you right now, Michael, if Pierce Brosnan walked through the door and said, I made some kind of inappropriate proposition sure. to me, I would say, okay. Yeah, of course. And like, I know everybody's like, well, the dude did play James Bond. That was like 30 fucking years yes. ago. Like it's, it's not right. It's not right. I'm not, I'm not okay with it. Um, and it seems very unfair. Yeah, it's almost too much. Yeah. Like I almost can't. I have to turn away. Turn away. You can't. You can't look oh, at it. Uh, God, so, he's so hot. So Justin Thoreau, who is not a bad looking man himself, uh, he was taught by at med school by Pierce Brosnan, who is some sort of revolutionary, or at least we're told, revolutionary fertility st- guy. Yeah. And so, and it's almost impossible to even get into this guy. Mm-hmm. But because Justin Thoreau has a personal connection, they're able to go see him. Right. And it's kind of like, it's presented as like, this is the last. This is the last bastion. Yeah. Like they don't have any other choice. Can we talk for two seconds about Gretchen Mole? Yeah, we could talk for like a long time about Gretchen Mole. Because Gretchen Mole is another person who is like, she's ageless. What is happening? What is happening, right? Because, okay, if y'all don't know, Gretchen Mole's first appearance on film is in Dune. Yeah, man. She is Moadib's little sister. Yeah. She's, uh, and, and she, so she's like a child actress, but she does not change. And to me, she is like the MVP of this movie. Her and Pierce Brosnan are perfect. Like, I, I agree. have no complaint about I them. absolutely agree. And Gretchen Mole is <clears throat> absolutely perfect in this yeah. movie. Too bad the movie does not rise up to, to, to her. her. Yeah. Yeah. She plays Dawn, who is Pierce Brosnan's lead nurse. nurse. Yeah. And plays it br- brilliantly. Like so understated. Yeah. she. It's like she's doing nothing. Right. And then also looks like. Gorgeous. Yeah. I mean like five, five foot 11, just like. Per, yeah. yeah. Um, so, okay. From, through, through miracles. Uh-huh. Miracles. Le- hmm. <laughs> um, but through the magic of Pierce Brosnan's. Sperm. And blue eyes. <laughs> Uh, she gets pregnant. Yeah, and there's like so many hints. There's lots of it's, hints. I mean, it's yeah. like not even hints. It's like hammer over the like head. We know what's there going are on. so many things in this movie that are just okay. Hit me again with a hammer. Yeah, because like he has one line at their first consultation where he's like, "I wish I could clone myself." <laughs> yeah, and you're like, "Oh, okay." Well, this is what he's doing. Well, this is what he's doing. Yeah, um, <laughs> and uh, and okay. Yeah, I don't great. mind. Who I don't the fuck mind. care if you're gonna. I don't mind if you're gonna clone somebody. Make it Pierce make Brosnan. It Pierce, like, listen, if the if the bomb is gonna hit the 
earth. Let's just give Gretchen Mole and Pierce Brosnan the keys to the bunker. Yeah, man. So how is this a fucking horror? Yeah, movie? man. Come on. <laughs> People would pay that, man. Right. Fucking A. Yeah. Um, I'll take your sperm. Sorry. Uh, so, okay. And it's, okay. And this is where... This is why I got angry maybe earlier than right. some people. Right. I believe this movie, the screenplay, commits like a cardinal sin. You're a writer. Uh, you should know. Yeah. And so look, there are plot holes in movies. We all know that. Great. There are some that are like, yeah, okay, fine. But um, there are some that we just cannot be willing to forgive. No, because the plot hole in this movie to me... Um, makes the movie entirely pointless. impossible. Yeah, so she gets pregnant with three children, two right. male twins, right, and one female singlet. Oh, hey, they do let Pierce Brosnan be Irish, which is cool. They do. Yeah, um, it's true. Uh, and so, so she's she she has twin boys, um, and a female singlet. Oh, and then for some reason. They talk about, okay, it would be healthier if essentially you choose one or the other, right? Right. Either have the twin boys. Or have the girl. Or have the girl. Flash forward, all Pierce Brosnan wants is the twin boys to be born. Right. Pierce Brosnan is in absolute control of this situation. The whole time. The entire time. And early on, she's so excited to be pregnant, Pierce Brosnan could say, I have to drill a nail in your fucking head mm-hmm. and that'll make it okay. And she'd be like, great. Okay. There is no justifiable reason that he gives her the option to keep the girl. I agree. And that is the entire plot of the film. Right. And so that's- like the whole reason. Yeah. Like the whole reason is- and it's not enough. It's that she dreams of having a girl. And it's just this kind of like feminist sure. thing. But, yeah, but who cares? And there are, he could have done, if his only goal is to have the twins and he's in control, there are nine million things he could have done yeah. Yeah. to get rid of the girl. Yeah. He with, could Like he could have gotten rid of the girl without even telling without her. Without even telling her. Or he could have said, hey, the girl is going to be born with... The, yeah, countless birth defects yes. or whatever. The, There's the girl no is dying reason. in your womb and taking the boys with her. There's like, no reason and to give her a choice. And so, the, and the choice is the central sort of drive of the right. film. And so, for me, I'm like this. No, you, this entire movie negates itself. Like, right. in, Bec- in my opinion, because I mean, the movie very clearly makes Pierce Brosnan and by association, the husband, the villains, uh-huh. right? Sure. So like, there's no way in which like the, the, the terror or the horror of the movie is what goes on in the mother's brain. Like when you have to make that choice or whatever. Right. So making the jump to Pierce Brosnan saying, you got to get rid of one of them or like doing something insidious, like just getting rid of the girl. There's, there's not like a great jump that you have to make to that. He's the villain. Right. So why give her a choice? Right. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. We've established that this man has been, we don't know exactly what he's doing. I mean, we do, but whatever. Yeah. But we establish the film establishes that he is wildly successful. Right. So 
he must know what he's fucking doing right. when it comes to being a villain. Right. <laughs> so why it just makes it makes no sense. It makes no sense. So that was yeah, like that's the first big thing. It's like why does this movie even exist? And I think the movie exists because they wanted to talk about the insidiousness of I don't know how the medical profession treats pregnant women. Yeah. And that's okay. Like that's important. Sure. And we should, but I feel like in 1968, uh huh, which is the, the year Rosemary's baby came out. Rosemary's right? baby did that. Yes. And, and I thought, and you brought this up. Look, I am not, Obviously, shit is still super fucked up for women. Right. That is not what I am saying. Right. Please. However, Rosemary, and you cannot help but compare them. You can't. And they don't do anything to dissuade that. I mean, this is about- No, no, no. There's homages to Rosemary. I mean, like clear kind of like even lifted dialogue. Yeah. So, Rosemary- in Rosemary's Baby is established as one, it's the sixties. So she, when she is left alone, she is alone. Yeah. She does not have the magical fucking internet. Right. Um, Rosemary is also established as being somewhat meek. Right. In comparison to her somewhat domineering fucking husband played by goddamn John Cassavetes. Yeah. It is also the sixties where like she can't have her own checking account. Right. Because she's a woman. A woman. Yeah, and society fucking blows. Alana Glazer, L- Lucia or Lucy, uh-huh. is a successful marketing executive. I'm not saying that makes her better than Rosemary, but I am saying this is an intelligent woman right. who has risen to the ranks of an ad firm in fucking Manhattan. Right. You can't Google some shit. Right. And that, like, this is what I was telling you. I mean, like she doesn't seem to know a lot about childbirth. And I, I texted you last night. I was like, look, all I know is that when you really, really, really want something in this day and age, you Google it yeah, a lot. A lot. You spend a lot of time Googling that shit. Yeah. And for somebody who lives in 2020... Who is intelligent. And in her 30s. And in her 30s, a millennial. Yeah. Like, she hasn't Googled childbirth. Right. So the fact that she doesn't know a lot about it makes me go, I just don't believe it. No. And and it's not even just that, like, all of us, she, all she seems to want, I shouldn't say all, but one of the main things she wants is to have a kid. Right. She has, would have clearly explored, like... IVF or, or all uh-huh. of these options. So I was like, that's what Aspen sort of kept yelling. She was like, why doesn't she know fucking anything? Um, and I was like, it doesn't make sense. She's established as like a very independent, intelligent. Right. And I, we're saying millennial because that's a running joke. Yeah. Because Justin Thoreau, who is not, he's for, like in real life is almost 50. So he is us. Uh-huh is married to a younger woman. Right. And he's always like, put your iPad down and go to bed, you millennial. Right. Like, that's a joke. Mm-hmm. Um, why is she so fucking stupid? I have no fucking <laughs> it, idea. It doesn't make, it doesn't make sense. And I don't think Rosemary is stupid in no. Rosemary's Baby, but Rosemary is dealing, is legitimately dealing with forces Beyond she cannot control, combat. That she cannot combat and, and that she cannot see. Yeah, she can't even see. And I'm like, 
Alana Glazer, man, get on a train and go to Jersey. Like there, there, there are other hospitals. Like, what are you doing? Right, right. Go to another doctor. Yeah. Instead, what she does is she joins and it like it really, I don't know, like it. Okay, here's what I'm a mother, Michael, in case you didn't know. I just saw your son earlier. I have two adult children. But even in the 90s, when I was having children. Uh-huh. Tell me of this decade. Like, sounds magical. <laughs> sounds magical. You know nothing of it. Um, I, if there's one thing I cannot stand is, is cloying bullshit attached to motherhood. Yeah. No, I, I like, get you. I really fucking cannot stand when yeah. people try to make motherhood and that whole process cloying. Right. And one thing that this movie does throughout the whole movie is talk about a thing called mommy brain mommy brain oh it's mommy brain and it's like these mo- so instead of going to another doctor she is an intelligent woman uh instead of like saying you know what i'm gonna go see someone else a lady a lady because that's another thing in the 60s that was rare right that's not rare now no exactly i'm not even having a baby and my doctor's a woman and like- you, exactly <laughs> like- she instead she joins a mommy group of like and maybe that's a thing I don't know I'm sure. maybe maybe it's a thing in, in New York yeah. in Manhattan with all these like super. rich super rich millennial ladies who are like I'm just gonna get together with a bunch of other mommies uh-huh. and talk about mommy brain right um, and it really uh, it pissed me off it really 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 I don't know I was just like fuck all of y'all I don't know no I agree so and this. And again, if also this- I I went to a midwife. Like I did in, I, I in the nineties, Christy? What? Yes, in the nineties. <laughs> I went I had my children with a midwife, and so I had my kids at home. Right. And so I I have trouble and it's unfair. It is unfair, but I have trouble when when I see movies about this topic and about how society but this is precisely why I went to a midwife. Because you're pregnant. You're not sick. Right. And your body, if you listen to your body, your body knows what to do, man. You're just fucking pregnant. Women sure. have been doing it for millions of years. And so that's precisely why I went to a midwife. And so I didn't, I didn't have to deal with a lot of the bullshit that happens to women when they go to the, the, hospital, the or- hospital or to see medical professionals, yeah. you know, I was with, okay, my midwife was like half Irish, half Native American. Cool. So there yeah, you go. You're good. <laughs> I was and, good. And so I look, I think this is part of what the, obviously part of what the movie is attacking, right? Mm-hmm. Which I get um, because I know one of my sister's-in-law um, also went to midwife, but because of things that were going on, ha- right. had to change. And, right. and, her fir- and that is absolutely necessary. Yeah. And for her first kid had, had some issues with, with the, right. with the hospital. Um, not with the second one, with the first one. So I get all that. My sister-in-law is a super intelligent person. Right. And like an independent human woman in the, I just, again, I know, I know women have to deal with shit that I never have to deal with, but they treated, and she fucking co-wrote it. They, they treated her like an idiot. Like an idiot. Because then we have the other character. What was her name? Grace something rather? The black woman? Grace Singleton. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who is the, 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 the midwife? The midwife. So it's she like, finally goes to a midwife. Yeah. She, fi- well, she, she goes to the midwife once. I finally realized That's it right. once I watched it a second time. Cause the first time I was like, what is happening? Right. So she finds a magazine in Pierce Brosnan's office where he's like on the cover. Yeah. And then like, you know, there's like an insert 
of this midwife, Grace Singleton, uh, and I can't remember the actress's name, but she's a black woman, and it's like midwifery or like whatever. Yeah. Um, and so she starts to see, to watch this woman's videos on YouTube sure. and she talks about like being all natural and whatever. Right. And, uh, and then f- when she finally does go see this midwife, once she realizes, oh, I'm being gaslighted, uh-huh. gaslit or whatever, I need to go to someone else. She goes to see this woman and it, it turns into something completely different. Like yeah. it actually has nothing to do with her pregnancy and it turns into this statement about the magical Negro right. in literature and sure. film yeah. that then goes nowhere. Yeah. And I think again, I think, and I, I have a quote, not just about that, but I think that I want to bring up and see what you think. But uh, yeah, I mean, again, I think this is then satirizing the sort of um, upper middle class white fetishization from what, how upper middle class white women fetishize black women. Right. Which is a real fucking thing. It is a real fucking thing. I don't know if you have Facebook and millennial friends, but it's a real thing. (laughs) Um, But again, what movie is that? I, yeah, it wasn't this movie no. because because it goes nowhere. It goes nowhere. I mean, it was clever, sure, and I I you know, but it went nowhere. But what what movie is it? Right, um, because the to, so if we're going to put it next to Rosemary's Baby, what would have happened? Right? She would have been in on it, right? If she would have been in yeah. on it. Is that she would have gone to see this midwife and she would have said, "This guy is doing something crazy to my baby," uh-huh. and then that midwife would have gone, "Who is your doctor?" Uh huh. And she would have said, doctor, whatever. And she would have said, okay, here, go to sleep. And then yeah. somehow- Which would have been way more interesting. Which would have, yeah, it would have been way more interesting. Yeah. In, instead, it just goes nowhere. Like we see this midwife throughout the whole movie. And then we get to that scene where she goes, I'm not your magical negress. Yeah. And then the woman disappears forever. And we never so, fucking see her again. So it's like the whole subplot was for you to make that point? Yeah. In this movie that it has nothing. Yeah, it's it's bizarre. So let me let me read you this review yes. real quick. Um, this is from, man, wrong glasses. Uh, Kate, I think, Erbland, I might be saying her name, last name wrong. Uh, for, she writes for IndieWire. And this is what she said about this movie. Trapped in some bizarre movie hinterland, this aimless film isn't dark enough to be scary, funny enough to be a comedy, or smart enough to say anything about the many topics it seems to want to tackle. It's true. And I I was like- It's true. That that seems like a real dead on take. The woman who um, reviewed it for uh, RogerEbert.com says the exact same- like almost word for word says like, I don't know what this movie is yeah. trying to say. And this is women reviewing the movie. The, yes. Like if you want, I mean, here's the thing. Like if you want to see a movie about the insidiousness of the medical industry and how it treats pregnancy and women, then go back and watch 1968's Rosemary's baby. Yeah. And it's, and this, honestly, it's funny, like, or not necessarily funny, but the, the, this review, the IndieWire review, she starts off by saying like, Look, it might be unfair, right? Because Rosemary's Baby is she, I think, refers to it as a perfect film. It is. It's a perfect film. It's perfect. But she says beyond that, she's even like, if we remove Rose, if we somehow remove Rosemary's Baby from the equation, mm-hmm. this movie is still a fucking mess. Yeah, it's not that it doesn't 
stack up to re- nothing will nothing ever nothing will. will that's like trying to 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 beat the exorcist like there right. there are certain horror movies like and I'm sorry like not I'm not sorry I think Rosemary's Baby is even on a different level yeah because the man that we're not allowed to talk about because he's a horrible person is um better at making movies than other people than most people yeah let's just than most people who have have ever lived yeah um. Sorry. I yeah, mean, they made two true. of the greatest fucking films ever made. It's true. Um, like Rosemary's Baby in Chinatown. Fucking retire, man. You don't yeah, have to do shit. You don't have to do anything ever, ever again. Um, but that's not why this movie is bad. It's not It's not bad because Rosemary's Baby is better. It's so much better. It's bad because it's a mess. It's bad. It's so a mess. We got to talk about the end, man. Yeah. We've got to talk about I mean, the end. It was so weird because like the... F- the, the photography itself had me like, I was like, Ooh, this is interesting. Ooh, this is pretty. And then we get to the end. Can I ask you a question? Sure. Like, okay. So, so how long, <laughs> how long can you like, how long do you keep just like tissue in a bag I don't, in a surgical room? I don't know. I don't Because know. like she has the twins. So she finally goes through with the birth. Right? Yes, yes. And she delivers the babies. But she thinks she's going to have this girl she the whole thinks time. She's, she's named Wendy, Wendy after mm-hmm. Peter Pan. Right. Great. And then they break the news uh-huh. that Wendy didn't make it. Right. And that she has the boy. Yeah. Right? Essentially, Pierce Brosnan r- reduced Wendy. Th- Wendy. Right. Which he was going to do the whole time. So why did he give her the option? But right. let's not even get back into that. Yeah. So, so she's had the boys for a few days. She's been hanging out with them in the house, right? For a while. Like they're home in the crib. Yeah. Um, so then when she goes crazy and goes back yes. to the office. So she goes back to seek revenge. To seek revenge because she's convinced that Pierce Brosnan did something to Wendy. Yeah, she goes, which he did. He totally did. <laughs> goes back to the office, goes into the surgery where... Like a lab. A lab where it happened. Uh-huh. And th- the the plastic bag holding the placenta and the fetus. The tiny, tiny, tiny little fetus. Are still there? Still just on the table, like, Christy. is that a biohazard? Yeah, I would think it was. And so we learn that he has been impregnating these women with his own sperm. Surprise, surprise. And pass, he's got like a big refrigerator there. Yeah, with- to pass on his genes. Uh-huh. Fuck yeah, man. We'll be fine. If everybody's got Pierce Brosnan's genes, we'll this, be okay. I don't see, what, I don't see what's wrong Get me Brosnan and one of these runners that I was watching last night. Fucking A, man. We'll be great. I'll be there, mom. Yeah, go America. We'll be fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's really fucking weird that it's just there on in a bag yeah and then on a table on a table conveniently so she flips out she beats the fuck out of pierce brosnan she flips over the refrigerator yeah i was like he can jack off again it's not that hard it's yeah um (laughs) then he he she 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 shoves the 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 vaginal probe into oh, Gretchen Mole's throat. Yeah, because they have like a weird action fight. Yeah. Which it, even that, I was like, where so, is this coming from? I know, from? and it's all in slow motion. It's so strange. And and then how does it end, Christy? So then she goes home, right? Uh-huh. Because so we we so this is the first shot of the movie that then becomes one of the end shots of the movie. Sure. Where she's just like kind of walking through the streets of Manhattan covered in Pierce Brosnan's blood, I guess. Yeah. And she's carrying a file and the bag with the placenta and the tiny fetus, right? Uh-huh. And she goes back home 
and the twins are lying in the crib and she takes the twins and she goes into this kind of like Peter Pan fantasy, which, okay, but still like- The we, Peter Pan thing has not been nearly it, it strong enough. Yeah, it's not been nearly strong enough for us to make that connection as to why it's important to her. Right. Like there's, we make mention of, they, they make mention of like, we're going to call her Wendy because of your mom and Peter Pan. And I'm like, so is her mom Mary Martin? Like, I have right. no idea. Like, <laughs> Holy have, shit, that would be cool That though. would be cool. Like, is her mom Sandy Duncan? Like, I don't understand. Anyway, so she picks up the twin boys and this is another, this is another beef that I have with a movie that I'll go into in a little bit. And she takes the boys to the window and you're like, oh shit, yeah. she's going to throw the, she's going to throw, throw the, these babies out the she's window. She's going to throw the babies out the window. But instead it goes into like a dream sequence where the babies kind of like float. float out the window and they fly away to Neverland, which if, if it had been a thing where it's like, that's what she thinks is but happening. But she killed the babies. But she killed the babies. Like Birdman. Yeah, or Medea. Yeah. Like that would be super, <laughs> super, super interesting. But it's not. Because no. it cuts back and the babies are safe in the crib. And I'm like, okay, so then what happens? What, what did we just watch? So then Justin Thoreau walks in and she's like, you lied to me. And she hands the twins to Justin Thoreau. And he's like, no, he said he was going to take care of us. And she's like, no, no, he lied. Get out of my house or whatever. So Justin Thoreau has to take his twins and go live somewhere else, which, okay. Dude I mean, is a fucking surgeon dude, in Manhattan. He'll be, be okay. fine. It's going to be fine. He'll hire a Colombian nanny. Who's going to love those children. And those twins are going to be okay they're yeah. gonna get walked in central park every day and they're gonna grow up to look like pierce brosnan and justin thoreau's gonna marry a model it's yeah. all gonna, it's be, all gonna fine. be fine it's all him. gonna be fine then she takes the fetus <sighs> yeah and sits in the chair and goes into like this weird reverie or something uh-huh. and then she thinks the fetus comes to life and it latches onto her nipple and she starts breastfeeding and that's the end and yeah. i'm like what like are you are, so are you saying that pregnant women are crazy? Like, is that your message? Because what I watched through this whole thing is you making a criticism of how the medical profession treats women who are pregnant or have just had a baby and treats us like we're crazy. Right. But what you've done with the end of this movie is confirm. That you are crazy. That we are crazy. Yeah. So what the fuck are you saying? Yeah, I, I don't. That's a great point. I don't know. I, I like it. It, it's you're absolutely right. It undercuts the it argument. Undercuts right? the argument that when you are pregnant, there are changes happening in your body that you should pay attention to, and you're not crazy. They're just hormonal changes. Sure. But this movie is telling me, oh, watch out for pregnant women because they're fucking crazy. Yeah, exactly. And what you said about like the quote punishment of Justin Thoreau. Okay. You hand him. Now he has twin boys. He has to raise. He's um model handsome. He's a <laughs> successful surgeon who owns a giant apartment or condo in New York. Um, he, he, he's going to, he's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. Those babies are going to be good. Actually, yeah. they're going to be better without you. Yeah. And he's a, He's a doctor. Right. I'm not saying that makes him a good person, but like if they get sick, he'll know what to do. Yeah. Because he went to fucking seven years of medical school. Right. Like what are, I, it's so, there's so much going on and like you get all the stuff at her work, which again could have been its own movie. She's a very successful ad exec, but because she's the only woman in the office, they make her order lunch every day and all that. Right. right? Okay. 
That's a legitimate comment that doesn't really go anywhere. Goes nowhere. Something that made me angry, uh, or maybe not even angry, but made me question was like, okay, in my mind, Lucia is an Italian name. Right. Um, the only Lucias I've ever met are Italian women. Me too. Um, her name is Lucia. She has changed it to Lucy. Mm-hmm. She is very adamant. She makes a point of it. That her name is Lucy. It ends up being a bullshit plot point later. Right. It's how she discovers that Sophia Bush is um, in on it. Right. How did you know my name was Lucia? <gasps> to me, I was like, oh, so this is a story of, and, and this is maybe I have too much information. I know in real life, Alana Glazer has extremely curly hair. Right. And she has very sort of like flat ironed. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, this is like a girl or a woman who has hidden what she is. Right. Ethnic wise, ethnicity wise yeah. to fit in with all of these wasps in mm-hmm. upper West side Manhattan or whatever, which again, great. That would have been interesting. And I was like, but that doesn't, and I'm not even saying you have to hit us over the head with it. Like, but that's an interesting aspect of yeah, this that doesn't like, get explored at all. I didn't even clock that until right now when you, I mean, I clocked her hair. Like there were many scenes where I was like, God, her hair looks terrible. And now I'm thinking, oh, maybe they purposely made her hair. She's extremely terrible. curly yeah, hair. Because she has extremely curly hair. So like, maybe it is a thing where it's like this woman. Uh, yeah, exactly. What and you for said. me, like, again, I'm, maybe I'm wrong, but like Lucia is very traditionally an Italian name. Absolutely. And she's trying to like, uh, anglicize it or yeah. whiteify it yeah, or Lucy. whatever. And like, again, I know someone named, yeah, whatever. It's a common nickname. But that would have been more interesting yes. than what we've got. Exactly. I, I, I just don't know what no, we have. And I'm like, and, uh, yeah, that's its own story. Like, is is this a woman who, who has given up, has made all of these changes, has not lied, but has... Sure. T- has tried to buy into this t- like American t- t- dream and fit into this wasp... Culture. culture and she doesn't belong. I mean, like, and again, there are things that, that Rosemary's baby hits on like, God, in just that one quick line in that dream where it's like Catholics only. Right. Or I mean, is it yeah, Catholics she, only or no Catholics? No, no, she's, <laughs> no, in the dream, it's like no Catholics, no Catholics right. <laughs> but, but it's because she's been raised Catholic right? and she's in this Manhattan world. And she even says, she's like, I was raised Catholic. I don't know now. Right. And that's all you need. Right. To know that like, oh shit. She's questioning. She's trying, yeah. She's questioning. She's also trying to fit in with like. Right. Um, yeah. It's just all of these threads, all of these things. Um, I mean, I, I just don't know. And I thought the end was just like, and then and like, I, I clearly probably was overthinking it, but I was like, please don't tell me that that you're suggesting that that tiny fetus is, is alive and has yeah. a soul yeah, because if this just turned into an anti-abortion movie, like go I, fuck yourself. That's the thing. <laughs> like, is that, I don't know. I thought that too. And I was like, wait a minute, did it come to life? I mean, so, and so many of the dream sequences to me were like that. Like John had questions. He was like, okay, so spoiler alert friends. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's like, so did she really see th- Justin Thoreau give Pierce Brosnan a blowjob. Sure, and I was like, no, 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 that was a dream. That was a dream, and he was like, oh, I didn't get that. Yeah, and and I again, and to what end is that? How she figures out Thoreau's in on it? There's also there's never wasn't that weird. There it was weird, and there's there's never a question that Thoreau's in on it. There's never a question. 
I, I just there's never a question that there is something insidious, insidious. happening. Yeah. Whereas in Rosemary's Baby, and we have to remember that nobody had ever seen anything like that before, and I've seen it a million times. So when I go back, I try to watch it with new eyes. In Rosemary's Baby, you never get the idea until you do. Yeah. That these friendly people who live next door Ruth to her, Ruth Gordon, man, Ruth Gordon and Ralph Bellamy and Elijah Cook, that they are all just like, we just want you to be happy. Yeah. We're taking care of you. Yeah, and 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 we're old and yeah. you're young and we need to help. Yeah, and and this doesn't have that. I mean, like the minute Pierce Brosnan walks you know. in, you're like, well, this dude's a villain. Yeah, and you know Thoreau is a villain too. Right. Absolutely. Um, and again. Look, y'all, this is a bigger question. Um, we got to have to move away because uh, from from this, because anytime a fucking middle-aged white man walks on screen now, you know who the fucking villain is. It's true. And I'm like, I get it because we're terrible or whatever. Um, but I'm like, <laughs> you're really like, at some point we have to do something yeah, else. We're going to have to get away from this because there's no suspense. There's anymore. no suspense. And like, that is why to me, it would have been fucking awesome if the midwife who she has turned into this right. magical mystical thing had been in on yes. it. Yes. And then yeah. I can't trust anyone. Yeah. Everyone's out to get me. And I'm not necessarily making a statement about race no, or anything. Not at all. It's, it's just, like just you cannot you have can't suspense. trust anyone. Yeah. And and if every villain is a white a handsome white male between the ages of 40 and 65 or however old fucking Pierce Brosnan is. God right. damn it. Who knows? Um, 120. I'm not sure. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Like there literally is no suspense ever. Right. Um, it's just, it's like, we yeah. have to come up with something else. It's just like the new craft where the second that guy walks on, you're like, that's him. I'm like, well, that's the guy. Yeah. He's the villain. Ex yes. Yeah. And I think that this, this movie was, just trying to talk about too many things at uh -huh. the same time and never pinpointed which one was the most important or. Yeah. Uh, and I yeah. also think a, a waste of talent mm -hmm. um, across the board in, in the DP mm -hmm. who again, God damn, some damn stunning it. shots. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, there was some stuff that he was doing that was like, they, they, they do this whole play on Rorschach ink things right throughout the whole movie like in the dissolves and and the you know um what you know going from scene to scene um but to what end to what end and you have um i mean look justin thoreau is a really good i mean that dude's in mulholland drive so yeah. he's like a really good act. i mean he's a very good actor beyond yeah. mulholland drive alana glazer is i mean a brilliant comedian right stunning at times uh and again, I'm not saying she only can be funny that that's like, yeah, it just didn't, but it's just yeah. like, w w there was none of that. There was none of like the charm of her no. or the, not even charm. No, I mean, cause like there's some actors the, that like, are electricity of her. comedians, right? Like you see like Jim Carrey or like Robin Williams who are genius comedians. And then when they do a serious turn, you're like, whoa, yeah. I did not know they could fucking do that. But it's that. because that thing is still there. Right. And she and this, has that, but it yeah, is not in this. Not in this. Um, Brosnan and Maul are great. Even I thought Sophia Bush, which was like a thankless role. They're I, better than the movie. Yeah. And I thought Sophia Bush, who I know very yeah. little about, but I thought she was yeah. great. She played the hell out of that. Um, what was her name? Corgan? Yeah. Like that to me again, and that was like, that's, there's something there. Like her name is fucking Corgan. Corgan. Like, 
Right. Ah, uh, yeah. 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 So that's that's that. Yeah, if um, you want to watch a movie about a woman being gaslighted, go watch Yeah. Rosemary's Baby. Yeah, or, or you know gaslight. what? Gaslight. Go watch Gaslight. <laughs> go watch Gaslight. It's superior. See the uh where the term comes from. Right. Um yeah, so that's it. But these are two new movies. Um a lot of shit coming out yeah. soon. Dude, I've been watching scary movies like it's my job, and I'm saying that because I hope it, it will be, be your my job. job. Yeah. I had a fun um I did, uh, I watched Seance and then I watched The Ring and then I watched God. Paranormal Activity 3. Oh shit. So I had a triple feature yeah, the other you night. Know, it's, I still, I still can't watch The Ring casually. No, it holds up, man. The opening of that movie, fucking A. Yeah. I, um, I still cannot watch it casually. It, it, it freaks me out. Yeah. And so, uh, look, there are big movies coming back. Candyman. Halloween kills. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be all horror all the time soon. Yeah. And what are we going to talk about next week? I I don't know. If we can swing it, let's do New Order. I don't know if we can. Like, that's the whole thing. Oh, yeah. And if not, I mean, we'll, we'll find we'll, we'll find something. something. There's lots out we'll there. We'll find something to get angry about. <laughs> yeah. All right. All Go right. watch Seance. Go watch Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. We'll see you all next week. Bye. Rock intro is back. Yes. Ha, <laughs> ha,